When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, time once again for the Mainland Podcast. It's episode number 346. And I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com. That's a website. It's an independent website, by the way, that covers Orlando City and OCB and the Orlando Pride, all of those things, plus all things soccer related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me, as always, David Rowe in Tallahassee. That's not his name. David Rowe is his name, and in Tallahassee is, is where he's coming to us from. So, Dave, how you doing? I'm reveling in a uh, seven-point weekend for the Orlando clubs. I mean, come on. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. We're about a foot away from being a nine-point weekend as, uh, as Jack Lynn had a third goal that just trickled wide of the post. So uh, yep. that, was, that was tough. But we'll get to OCB in a few minutes. We're going to jump. Right into the Tropic Thunder rivalry, Dave. Yes, we are. Orlando City, three. Enter Miami CF, one. Yes, one Galazzo that nobody was stopping. So, Yeah, and that was it came on an unfortunate turnover from a player who hasn't played a lot, but that player made up for that mistake. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. So, um the Lions went down the turnpike. Actually, I don't know if they they probably flew, but uh, probably. they went went down to Fort Lauderdale to play the team in pink. And a whole lot of supporters from Orlando went down there as well. That was nice to see that huge contingent of fans, including our very own photographer, Dan McDonald, who was at, at the uh, game shooting it. So uh, that's very, awesome. Very cool. And they got to see a really good performance by Orlando City. This was a, we kind of surmised that with Mikey Halliday out for the U20s, um, that they would go to three at the back and use, uh, you know, maybe use Gaston and Yvonne and, and those two wingback spots as they've done on the road before. But no, they came out uh, in a more standard four man back line with Kyle Smith and Rafael Santos on the left. Mm-hmm. A rare start for uh, the Brazilian left back. And uh, they, you know, everybody else was kind of the same. <laughs> it was like, uh, <laughs> except Ojeda was uh, on the bench again as, uh, you know, he's he's had a little bit of a downturn after a pretty good start. So I thought it was good uh, to get him uh, coming off the bench, maybe get him some fresh legs, get some get him uh, out there against some tired bodies and uh, have some success. And boy, did that happen. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but the team right from the jump, bossed this game. I mean, the first half hour was really all Orlando city. Didn't take long to get some scoring chances. Cara came close very early with a, a header off the, the post and mm-hmm. uh, had another one that was uh, at the goalkeeper, but it was a little, uh, just a little offside on that one. And that wasn't accounted anyway. Uh, but then he got dialed in and scored on a long throw in from Cesar Araujo and just, Absolutely was getting mauled, but it didn't bother him. He just ducked down and 
just kind of nodded that thing through Drake calendar and into the net for a one nil lead. Yeah, it was a tougher goal than it first appears. Um, if you go back and, and watch the close-up, like you mentioned, he's he's got three or four defenders on him, one on his almost literally riding his back, two on each arm. Uh, he bends over, sticks his neck out, gets his head under the ball that was a little bit low for that, still puts it perfectly on the back of his skull and redirects it into the far post. So uh, just a not the prettiest goal you've ever seen, but more skilled than it initially appeared. Yeah, his third straight game with a goal. Uh, he is, uh, as they say, en fuego. Muy en fuego. He has, I believe it's six goal contributions in six matches. He has been lighting it up as a designated player striker should. And it's it's good to see. He's uh, he's He's learned some things through his first time around the league. He's learning his teammates. He's learning what they can do, where he needs to be for them to get him the ball. All these things are good. We like it. I like it a lot. And hopefully the people who were not liking as him as much as of late are reassess- making a reassessment of their thoughts in regards to Urjankara. And I don't expect anybody to admit they were wrong, but just maybe uh, maybe show the man some love. Yeah, I mean, soccer fans, Orlando City fans are not much different than other soccer fans in that uh, they are they are like, um, what was the, the character's name on uh, Parks and Rec? Is it Tom? Tom I'm American, Haverford. and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they were like, and this is this is going way back there, like uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, wife and, and his comedy special with, uh, you know, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What have you done for me lately, Eddie? What have you done for me? Uh, all right. So about a half an hour in, um, one of the center backs, it turns out one of the center backs for Miami wasn't, uh, it was questionable coming into the game, wasn't feeling 100%. And Phil Neville took him off, changed shape a little bit, and that enabled. That enabled Miami to hold more possession, but they really weren't getting scoring chances with that possession. They were kicking the ball around, then they would go back and across and down the other side, and then back and back across. It was, it was the textbook um, Simpsons uh, soccer. Uh, uh, you know what they represented soccer as? as they're just yeah. kicking the ball back and <laughs> forth. Really wasn't much danger, but what it did do is it stabilized their defense from having to deal with Orlando counters. Uh, that that seemed to to you know do a good job of that. Orlando still was able to get forward a few times, but Miami had more of the ball, but they weren't creating much with it. There was some hopeful balls into the box, but when you've got Campana, when you've got Joseph Martinez, that's not necessarily a bad thing to throw some hopeful balls into the box and see what happens. Uh, but nothing was happening in the first half as they got no shots on target in the entire first half. Yeah, not a lot on target, do. but no shots. Right, right. I was going to say nothing to do for her Pedro Glaze, uh, other than just kind of watch, you know, what was going on. So yeah, that was uh, that was impressive on the defensive end, um, and I would have liked to have seen more of that. I mean, as we'll talk, it, it didn't quite end up that way, but still, not bad. Yeah, Orlando did have some opportunities to extend the lead. They they weren't able to do, which is unfortunate. A couple shots that were off target. We've seen this before. And you got ready to go, okay, when's the tying goal coming? (laughs) 
Yep, that's and, exactly what was going through my head. And when it came was in the second half after a, a poor pass from Santos. He he sort of telegraphed a, a pass to Torres, kind of stared him down and then passed it anyway. Very easy interception for DeAndre Yedlin, who gave it to Martinez. Uh, a decent job by Araujo to close down Martinez and make him give up the ball. He gave it to Campana and Cartagena came in hard, charged in to try to get the ball. Uh, Campana made a good play to, to sort of fake and go the other way to lose Cartagena. And then as he wound up and take his shot, Cartagena came sliding back across to try to block it, but he didn't get it. And Campana scored a screamer and it was one, one. Yeah. Like I mentioned at the top, uh, nobody was stopping that goal. Um, it was upper right corner ish. Um, just past Pedro Iglesias, uh, glove, a lot of nothing to be done. A lot of pace on it. Nothing to be done about it. It was a, it's one of those goals. You just have to tip your hat and go, all right. Yep. Good shot. Um, let's move on because nobody was stopping that. If, if it wasn't getting stopped, if, if he was allowed to take the shot, it was going in. Yeah. The, the, the overarching, uh, lesson there is don't give the ball away in your own half. Right. Exactly. Against teams Such a good guys lesson. like that, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so a couple of minutes later, you know, Oscar had, had told his team, Hey, want to, I want to, I want you to go out there see if you can reestablish yourselves. They didn't really do that. And Miami was again, kind of not getting a lot of great opportunities. They were getting some shots, but nothing terribly dangerous until that one. Uh, and then shortly after that, uh, Gaston Gonzalez pulls up, uh, he had, uh, obviously look like a hamstring issue. Um, hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully he pulled up for it. You know, really pulled it badly. I don't know what the grade would be of this thing, but hopefully it's a mild one and not a a severe long-term one, uh, because he was just starting to really get into a nice groove and he had a nice start to this game as well. So Mm -hmm. hopefully he'll be, he'll be okay, but, um, you can probably expect at least him be without him for a couple of weeks so that's a good thing that the team has depth because now you have gotten through the very busy month of May pretty much and Ojeda didn't start. So now you've got another guy who can come in and start. And by the way, he's a designated player. Right. Um, and of course, you know, with Gaston over there, I mean, we've uh, seen Ivan Ogulo over there. He can certainly move over to that side. There's other guys that they can put on the right instead. So there's there are options, which in the past has not always been the case. Yeah. So uh, after Gaston got hurt, a couple of changes, uh, and Orlando City went to a three-man back line. Yes, they did. And one of those changes that you mentioned was uh, um, Ojeda. Yep, brought in Rodri, brought in Ojeda, and went to a five-man slash three-man back line. And guess what happened at that point, Dave? It was almost like they got control of the ball again and started creating chances. They, in fact, did gain control and the ability to counter and to push up the field, and they did that extremely well. An incredible outlet from Rodri to Urchankara, who just a nice little deft little flick sends in Ojeda for an easy 1v1 with Drake Callender, and I'm just sitting there going, don't blow this. Don't. We need you to score this. Don't blow this goal. And he didn't. He uh, very calmly slotted home, did what a DP should do is beat a goalkeeper 1v1, not not dribble right up until the guy can take it off his feet, as we've seen some of the other forwards in the past do on this team. And uh, he made it 2-1 and reestablished the purpleness of the state of Florida. 
He did indeed. And as you mentioned, it was good to let him get in, come off the bench, score a goal, you know, be productive. Um, and, and for him to get it so soon after coming on, I think also helped him. I do want to mention, and because you I want to clarify, Kara's touch uh, from Rodri's pass was a just a natural instinct thing of beauty. Um, because he could have easily tried to settle and and you know gone over to the right himself to you know create his own chance or do something else, but he saw Ojeda making the run. He flicked it up to him, and I'm not even sure how. I haven't rewatched it enough, and it just landed right in front of him, and it was a thing of beauty. It was sublime, as they say. Uh, but yeah, so it's two one at that point, and Orlando City's still kind of getting more of the the chances. Uh, Miami was throwing numbers forward, but it wasn't really helping them much. They only ended up with six total shot attempts. And um, what they get? One or two on goal? Two, two maybe on goal? Two. two. And uh, yeah, so not a lot for El Pulpo to do. And then the icing on the cake, just uh, moments after Santos you know, sent one just fizzing a little bit wide of the right post, you got another opportunity. And this one was a great buildup out of the back. Araujo is passing it. There's some subs made by this point. Araujo and Dagger Dan were passing it back and forth in the in the corner. And Cesar heads up field. He hits Maori. Maori gets the ball to Ojeda. Ojeda, he's aware that Orlando runs on Duncan. Yeah. So he makes a nice pass to get the ball through the back line to thread a nice ball to Duncan. Duncan is is pretty well guarded. So he just shields the ball, holds up play, waits to Santos, gets up into the play, lays it off. Santos kicks it through the defender's legs. Calendar has no shot. It goes inside the right post, and it's 3-1. Oh, my God. Wake the neighbors. The Lions have scored three goals in a game. Uh, first time this season. Uh, we, we literally mentioned it on the last podcast. <laughs> um, so, of course, they go and do it. Um, I don't think they could do it again. Do you, Michael? Absolutely not. It's no, no inconceivable. way. Inconceivable that he would do it. Uh, two things on that play. Um, I, I love the fact that Santos obviously listens to the podcast because he took our advice of if you're going wide to then make the adjustment to mm-hmm. not go wide. And so good on him for that. And then secondly, well done by Duncan McGuire. I mean, to his shielding the ball while he's in the box, because um, as a striker's natural instinct and his, as we've seen, is mm-hmm. to go for goal. But he recognized, no, I'm, I don't really have a good opportunity here. So he picked his head up. He found Santos. He made the pass. Santos gets the goal. That was that was big. That was very mature from the rookie. And I, you know, I want to make sure that that we point it out. And if you get a chance, go back and watch him do that. Enjoy Santos' goal by all means. But go ahead and watch Duncan and, and how he handled that. Yeah, so uh, they saw out the stoppage time. This was a weird game. There were yeah. six minutes of stoppage time in the first half and only three minutes in the second half. With the injury. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but Rami Tushan was making some curious calls all night. And I think Antonio Carlos got yellow carded on his very first foul. Uh, and then and but Rami Tushan was like, he was like counting them off like it was persistent infringement. And it was the first time he'd f- made a foul, and it was only the second time Campana had been fouled. So, what was persistent about it? Um, 
I don't know. I'm not sure that he knows. I know that Antonio didn't know because he was very confused as well. Yes. Yes. There were some strange calls, but in the end you go to South Florida and you come home with three brand spanking new points, three points and a, uh, a state that is once again, purple, uh, Florida is purple was purple and ever shall be purple. Very purple. All right. So, uh, Santos, by the way, um, is up for goal of the week for that goal. And I imagine it's not just the shot, but the entire build up there. Right. And, uh, air Chankara has been named to the team of the match day. Obviously that, uh, obviously for whatever reason, MLS didn't put him on their list of vote, uh, who to vote for, for, uh, player of the match day. And I kind of think he should have been on that list. A uh, goal and an assist, and especially the way that uh, that assist went, mm-hmm. um, not to mention everything else he did the rest of the match. Yeah, I think so, too. I guess maybe because he didn't go 90. I don't know. Kind of bossed that game, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I thought Ojeda might have done enough to make the bench, but he did not. But Oscar Pereja was the coach of the team of the match day. Well, you win Tropic Thunder in, uh, in thunderous fashion. It's well-deserved. I'm not going to beat around the bush. My man of the match is there, John Cara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's pretty well a no-brainer there. Yeah. Uh, I would obviously like to give a very massive uh, runner-up to Robin Janssen, who was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but here's the, the problem is we're so used to him putting in great shifts that it doesn't stand out. I mean... You go back and you watch and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I know he did a really good job, but we're used to him doing a good job. Yeah. And He's right a victim up to the of his end, own success. Right up to the end, late in the game where he, he denied Martinez a, a chance at goal. Not only denied him that, but knocked the ball back off of him for a goal kick. And, and, you know, all Joseph could do was complain to the ref and hold up his hands and shrug and go, what the heck? While uh, the beefy Swede just kind of smiled and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> points to the shoulder hey hey hit him on the shoulder and then walk away and go kick who's your daddy joseph Ooh, i think it's robin Janssen. i think it might be the beefy swede all right uh so we got the same man of the match uh we talked about the game uh next up is atlanta united another key rivalry match that's at home this saturday we'll talk about that on our next program uh what were our predictions for this game? Cause I'm pretty sure neither of us had a three, one victory. We did not. You had a zero, zero draw. I had a one, one draw. We were not, uh, we weren't pessimistic, but we certainly weren't optimistic. Yeah. I think coming home from a point in a rivalry game away is, is not that pessimistic. No, that's what I say. It wasn't, but we, we, we weren't optimistic. Either. I like the reality better. Yes, we are always happy to be wrong when there are points involved. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we move on? Nah, just super happy about the result. All right. Well, we have uh, got a special guest for this program. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, we, of course, will talk about OCB and Atlanta United 2. We've got our mailbag box. And uh, we got a special announcement about our membership program that we'll make as well. So we're going to get to all of that right after this. All right. Joining us on the Mainland Podcast, we are extremely happy to be joined by one of our founding members, one of our platinum founders. It is Sam Atkinson. Sam, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. I have been listening to you guys for a very long time, and I figured it was the least I could do to give you guys a quick donation for the entertainment you've given me over the years. Well, we really appreciate you helping us get going as an independent entity. We are uh, very excited to be out from under the SB Nation banner, although they did a lot of good stuff for us. We're scared to death of what the future holds, but we're going to try to hold it all together. And and uh, through the generosity of, of folks like yourself, we're able to at least get that start. So I want to, before we get into the topic that you brought uh, brought to bear for this episode, I wanted to ask you what your mainland origin story is. Like, how did you find out about us? When did you start? Did you start reading or listening to podcasts first? That kind of thing. So I'm pretty sure I was listening. I think I just typed in like Orlando City, Orlando City in and the Apple podcast a long time ago, a couple of years ago. And you guys were one of the ones that popped up. So it's kind of been your when yours comes out, it's the first one listened to. I listen to two or three, depending on how often they're releasing and stuff. You guys are more religious about releasing yours. So I always try and make sure that uh, yours are on there. But uh, um, did it on there. Uh, I did my Apple review many, many long time ago. Um, I was the guy that said, hey, yeah, I know these guys actually halfway know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, so Generous. I did yes. <laughs> I said, like, oh yeah, sometimes I want to scream, but hey, you know what? Scream and correct you guys, but hey, you know what? Most of the time you are correct on what you're talking about. Um, so no, I just I started listening. I do a lot of driving uh for work back then. Now I still do a lot of driving, even though I work from home. So I'm constantly listening to podcasts and everything like that. So I usually will listen to you guys now twice a week, which is kind of nice. Okay. I can relate to that. But hey, that's the power of the algorithm. This is why we always ask people to leave us a rating and review. And to make sure they subscribe and download the show, because that is what lifts us to the top when people do these searches. So, so appreciate you doing that, Sam. So you wanted to talk about, hold on. I got one more thing to add, Michael. Okay. Uh, all right. So as most of the listeners know, I went down for the, the match last uh, Wednesday. I had the pleasure of meeting Sam just randomly running into him in the concourse area and of course i was wearing my i love the mailbag box uh shirt as advertising so he was able to spot me and that was really freaking cool so it was really nice to meet you in person sir yes definitely i like the way you dropped in spots name in your sentence <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> right so one of the things that are platinum founders get to do is if they want to they can be on the podcast for a segment and they can pick the topic and sam tell us about the topic you picked so since the player salary release just happened last week i figured that might be a decent topic to talk about because numbers are oh to me are very interesting i like talking about numbers i like looking at salaries i like to see what who's paying who and how much yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people are very interested in that. And that is the two times a year, the major league soccer players association released those numbers. So we get to see what the new signings are making and what people that are coming back on a new contract or are making. And then, and then there's one at the end of the year. So we get to see the players that are picked up in the mid season, uh, what they're making as well. So that's all fun and games for us and great fodder for chat, obviously. And one of the things that uh, I think somebody asked us the question last week, or maybe somebody just left a message uh, on one of our stories about, uh, oh, it was one of our stories. Somebody had mentioned that they 
were underwhelmed by the spending that the Wilfs are doing. And I thought that seems weird. And I, because they just, they spent a record uh, transfer fee to get Facundo Torres here. They're using all their DP slots, all their U22 initiative slots and, uh, you know, significant TAM contracts for Pedro Galese, uh, Mauricio Pereira, and um, Antonio Carlos. So I thought about it and I went to look and I, I saw where they were ranked and you gave us all that on your spreadsheet as well of, of where Orlando City's ranked. It's pretty low and I got to thinking about why it's so low and it's because the team's gone younger this year. It's a, Some of those higher priced guys are out. Um, strikers make a lot of money. So when Pato leaves and Benji leaves, although Benji wasn't a high dollar guy, uh, and Tesho, Tesho was making decent money um, you know, when you get younger at that position right away, you're saving a bunch of money. Definitely. I mean, with Orlando, they came in at 11.2 million guaranteed, um, for total salaries, which was fourth from the bottom. So, uh, what is that? 25th out of 20, 26 out of 29 teams. Um, so it was very, very low, but we were probably when it comes to how much we spend for DPs, we were a little bit higher up, um, Total DP spend is 3.9 million, but yeah, we are low, lower for our salary, but yeah, we spent a, quite a bit of money in acquisitions this year. Mm-hmm. So some teams don't spend money in acquisitions and spend more money. Like, I mean, you're looking at Toronto with Insigne, they didn't have an acquisition fee so they can afford to pay him his, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's seven and a half million dollars that he's getting. Um, so that makes a big difference. We spend seven and a half million dollars on a young player. They spend seven and a half million dollars on salary. Yeah. So Toronto is the top spending team and look where they are in the standing. So it's, it, it really does not factor in what you're spending. I mean, the top two teams in the league this year are um, uh, Toronto, 25 million, LA galaxy at 23 million, and then Atlanta at 21 million. So that it really doesn't factor in a lot of, what teams are actually doing with that money. So there is the chance for Moneyball. I mean, I've been up and down with Oscar. I've been do I I've been back and forth on hey, you know what? How much do I've always before this year I was always a very big fan of him and everything like that. I had my doubts and stuff like that. But now after looking at the salaries of the players, I mean we're to let we're so far down that with what we're doing with what we have is amazing. So mm-hmm. and I do love the fact that um uh, Galese, he's now the second highest paid goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, wow. it was worth keeping him around, and and they they you know they put up rather than shut up. I, I think that they're they're not. I don't think and we we had somebody on that's uh, a Vikings blogger when the Wilfs bought the team, and and he told us kind of flat out these guys are not afraid to spend money, but they do it smartly. They do it you know if it's the right player, the right fit, you, and they really need this player, they're not afraid to go get them, but they they tend to spend in a smart way rather than just extravagantly. And I think that you can see that from where Orlando is in the overall spending. Uh, you you look at a team that has been put together sort of some of the higher priced bad contracts, so to speak, are out. Like Sebas Mendez made a lot of money. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was well, somewhere around. It was like nearly TAM level. Yeah, no, he, he was over 600000 I yeah. do remember that last year. The big thing to me is how much Mauricio dropped down. Mauricio was at 1.3 million last year. He dropped down to 675,000 this year. So he took a 50% pay cut almost um, this year. So I think that's a bit, I mean, we're making good moves and keeping players on 
low TAM play uh, players. We're keeping like guys like Mauricio around on low TAM. So he's not making that big money that he was making. We brought him down. So, Hey, you know what? If he does come off the bench, it's yeah, he's still our captain, but if he comes off the bench, it's not the end of the world that we're paying a $600,000 to this guy for to come off the bench. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like it's the bench. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's, it's not your DP that you're sitting there, you know, going while we were paying this guy way too much to be coming off the bench. You know, you can do that with him. I think a lot of this speaks from, you know, what you sent over and what, uh, what's showing is the kind of the, given where they are in the standings, the bang for buck on the individual players. Mm-hmm. That is, that is definitely huge. Um, I was actually, I was part of, I was, I ran out of time, but I was actually going to kind of create a spreadsheet of like goals in the league for how much money they're going. And Duncan would have led that by far because of how yeah. little money he's making. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, are big with Orlando, we have 11 players at or near the league minimum out of 29 players on the team. We only, I mean, so, but because of how little money we spent, we probably have some TAM money out there available. We only have one room spot roster spot open. So if during the summer window, yeah, could we bring a player in that makes a little bit more? We definitely could. We can we can afford to do that with what we're doing, but it's got to be the right player to bring into the right position because I don't know this, but what's going on with Gonzalez? I know he he pulled up with a looked like a hamstring injury when I was at the game on Saturday. Um, I haven't heard any reports on that yet. And Michael, I don't know if you've heard anything, what's going on with that. Um, so it, it, I hate to say it, but the way he pulled up, I was there at the game. It didn't look good. Um, it looked like it's going to be a full hamstring pull by the looks of it. I don't know. I was of course in the supporters with the supporters. So I was very far away from it. Um, but the way he pulled up, it did not look good at all. So hopefully yeah. he's not out for the season or out for a long period of time. Um, but if he is, we might want to bring some a, a good replacement in. That's that's not. We don't need a young guy in there. But we have a lot of young players. Bring somebody in that can fill in for that role. Yeah. The the when you look at the salaries, the thing is things that stand out is you know you go out and you get a veteran uh, depth player in Felipe. He's making only eighty five thousand bucks. League minimum, yeah. Yeah, um, Petrasso's on the league minimum. Yeah, Petrasso's a young player. Uh, technically, he's probably still c- uh, considered a homegrown, um, even though he's changed teams. Uh, both both your starting your Ursat starting uh, fullbacks are both homegrowns, uh, younger players. Um, I was a little surprised. Cartagena makes more than I thought he would, but um, I mean, he makes he makes well over what Cesar Araujo is making. Uh, but uh, you know, then again, you got the you got the U twenty two initiative thing going there, and um, Roman Janssen, for what he makes is a is a steal as far as I'm concerned. Yes, the yeah. fact that he is not a higher TAM player than what he is. I mean, he's just over the max salary. I think the max salary is six twelve or something like that for this year, and the fact that he's just barely over that is absolutely amazing. Um, so for what we've done, what they've done with this team and the amount of money that we are spending, I think we're we're right in line where we need to be. I mean, we have four players that are above the max salary, and that's it, um, that aren't DPs. We have our three DPs. And even what, like, I mean, when you, of course, we have to, you have to factor in uh, uh, transfer fees and everything like that. But for what we're paying, even Martin Ojeda, um, I mean, he's not costing us a ton of money. And in a couple of years would probably be able to be bought down. Mm-hmm. 
if we end up giving a little bit of more of a salary cap or a little bit more uh, allocation money as we go through it to where once this contract re- re- gets renegotiated and that uh, alloc- the uh, acquire the money we spent to acquire him fun- falls off the charge, I guess is the kind of the easiest way to explain it. Once that falls off that we're really kind of building for the future. And I think that's the big thing that you can look at this roster and see that we're built for the future. Yeah, we have a lot of room to grow. We have a lot of salary cap room to where when we do need to renegotiate, we can pay these players more money to keep them around that much longer. Yeah, you look at this and you look at the way that they're using the U22 initiative. And these are guys that are coming in that they're either going to form the nucleus of, of a team that stays together a long time. Or if they develop sufficiently, they'll be sold. They'll bring back a return and that return can be used to replenish that pipeline. And also, you've got these other, you know, kids. You got two kids that, like I said, at fullback, uh, Torres, a young guy who, um, you know, he he's kind of uh, struggling a little bit this year, but the talent is there. He could be around for a little while longer. I know that there was some some uh, interest, reported interest from Arsenal and a few other teams, but uh, and that may come back if he if he gets going again. Uh, but the, this is a team that is built that a nucleus of these players can stay together for a while. There's not a lot of age on this team. And um, in a couple of years, you know, you'll, you'll probably start to see some of those uh, spots be used on center backs to come up behind Janssen and, and uh, Carlos, although Schlegel is there and Schlegel's a few years younger than them. So I really like the way that the team is kind of put together. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not, it's not LAFC's roster, uh, but at the same time, you know, there's MLS has proven there's there are many ways that you can get to MLS Cup uh, by building a team of diff- different ways. And, you know, Toronto not too long ago spent a lot of money and won the cup, but now they're spending a lot of money and they're not very good. So, um, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do. And really it just comes down to, for me, this is a team game that relies on chemistry maybe more than any other game that there is. And if you can find the right pieces that fit together the right way, you don't have to have the biggest names. You just have to have the right fits. And right now, I think that this is a team that's playing. It's not playing its best soccer, but I think that there's there are players that are starting to get into the flow of things. I, you look at the way that Cara has been playing. You look at the way that Ojeda came off the bench and made a big impact in Miami. Uh, if you can get the third DP going, Facundo had a little bit of a tough night in South Florida with some bad touches and and poor crosses and things. If you can get him going, um, you know you're going to have something. This is a league where DPs matter, and if you get them all playing well, you know things good things are going to happen. Especially when you get those other pieces going. And like you said, Gaston Gonzalez, kid was starting to play well. Now we don't know how long he's. He probably didn't even get uh, looked at until today. I'm guessing. Uh, so he probably went to Orlando Health today and got looked at by the team physicians and and um, we'll probably know more. But uh, hamstrings can be anything from two, three weeks to two, three months. Uh, we, we don't know. The The odd thing was from the telecast is that when he, he pulled up on the sideline, but they didn't really show him for a long time. It seemed like the sub got made immediately. So we didn't really, as as TV viewers, have a good sense of, how long the training staff looked at him, what he looked like uh, going off the field, that kind of thing. But you were there. What did you see? Um, I mean, yeah, no, he was, 
from what I could see is the 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 Ojeda, I think it was Ojeda and Schlegel were coming in. Like they were already lined up to come in right then. Um, which I thought was interesting on the uh um MLS website, it actually said Smith went out with an injury too. Um so I was kind of I was like he did seemed fine walking off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but so those two were going on at the same time, and I was trying to kind of pay attention to all right, who's coming in forum obviously okay cool Ojeda's coming in i was trying to see if they were changing their kind of going to change tactics and stuff like that and that's kind of what i was looking at so i he was down for a few minutes probably a good two or three minutes um he was down for a bit and it they kind of eventually he did get up and kind of hobbled off a little bit i mean it, he was definitely walking very gingerly mm-hmm. um but i did the way he pulled up i was just like ooh, like he because he was at a full sprint and then just pulled up and and grabbed the leg like he grabbed the hamstring immediately and just collapsed and it was it was one of those when you see it you're just like oh, it's a heartbreaking one uh because yeah. you, you know he's like oh he's making ready to make a huge play and then he goes down and it's, I watched it and I was just, it was rough. I wish I could have seen, like, I didn't, I haven't gone back and rewatched the game. Um, I kind of watched the highlights a little bit. The highlights didn't show too much. Um, I will say that the pass that uh, Cara made to Ojeda was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, Seeing that play, it was just the way he did it was just the, the flick. Um, I mean, between that and the header, definitely deserve to be on team of the week. So I was happy to see that too today. So it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, given the last several games, maybe, uh, maybe car is earning that money that he's getting. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, I mean, he is the top paid player on the team by far, probably actually double. Um, yep. so yeah, I would say that, uh, he's, he's starting to earn it. I mean, he's definitely coming around. I, I think I heard that he had scored, um, what four? He's got his four goals in five games or something like that. So, um, that's, and some that's, assists. Yeah, exactly. And he's had the assists in there, and so he's definitely. I mean, he, I think he's he's making that that second year jump. Um, I think they're the Orlando Twitter world. Um, that have wanted to get him out for a while. Um, I think they're. I think they're going to finally start kind of coming around with the play he's had and everything like that. The the, the the nice touch a couple of games ago that he had to get the goal and then the header, just that flick of the header. And I don't know how he bent his leg the way he bent it for that pass to get that flick on it, it but it was it was a beautiful touch. Yeah. One of the things I like to do, I know we're getting a little bit off your topic, but I, I like to watch him in warm-ups because that's when his you really see all the little skills that he has that don't necessarily get, you know, spotted by everybody you see the little plays that he makes and the the those things you know that he's trained and done hundreds of times on his own on a field somewhere and you know when you see something like that in a game where he just he knows where his teammate is he knows how to get it to him where it's not going to be overhit it's not going to put him offline to where he can get in behind the defense that's that's special and i think that we're seeing that he could be a special player. I, we saw glimpses of it last year, but you go back and you look at that Columbus goal and how he he turned on Degenek, a, a good center back, and made that incredible shot, uh, just absolutely powered it in. He's got a lot of different skills in the toolbox, but not everybody comes to this league and excels right away. 
and not everybody has the right pieces around them to excel. And what I, Dave and I talked about this on the last show, the fact that they went out and got playmakers and not a new DP striker tells me what they think of Kara and what they think he, they needed to get him going. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. I mean, I, trust me, I'll talk about Orlando City Soccer all day, every day, so it doesn't bother me if we're going off topic. Um, like my seats that I have, I've been a Society 21 member, but I have seats pretty much right down, right below from I think where you sit, pretty much right at the uh, um, goal line uh, area right there, probably about two or three seats off of that. Um, so uh, that's what I'm watching, the entire warm-up and everything like that. I'm, I'm watch, sitting right there watching it and all that. And you see the guys, the way they interact when they're down there and they, they do look to him to like, I mean, they, they, they're goofing around their chat and they're having a good time and he's right in there with them. And he's, but he's also in the same sense. He's very serious when he's, when he's out there and he makes sure that pay, he's, he's kind of, I think outside of like, I mean, a couple of the guys that have been around for a few years, but I mean, he's kind of become like, even though he's young, he's one of the elder statesmen on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he. When you look at the the age of this team, he's one of the oldest guys. Like, I mean, he's on the older side of this the the guys on the team. I mean, he's in the, the probably the top five or six older guys on the team. Yeah, I think. So, I had him trying to. Remember, I think he's twenty seven. Yeah, I was gonna say twenty six, twenty seven, right in there. So, I mean, there's not a lot of guys on the team. I mean, you, Robin, Glace, um, Antonio, Mauricio. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I always forget Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's just got such a baby. I, hey, I will give Kyle props. He got a nice pay raise this year. He did. He did. I'm very doubled his pay. He deserves every penny of it. He was, I think, he was underpaid before. So the fact that he's finally getting paid some decent money, it's. I love to see that a guy that has come up from USL. I think it was the the. I think it's James O'Connor's greatest accomplishment was bringing him with <laughs> bringing Kyle Smith up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. I was like, uh, and that's one that I hope we do uh, have Kyle on the show soon, because I would really like to ask him like when, when James brought you up here, do you have any idea you would play more than a hundred MLS games? Yeah, that is definitely, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he could never imagine that, but, um, and all those different positions. <laughs> yeah. He puts his head down and he works. That's, that's what I love about him. He puts his head down and he works. Um, so I got paid place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Sam, what else? Is there anything else salary wise that you wanted to touch on before we, uh, we let you get on with your life? <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of everything I kind of had in my notes. I mean, we did go down in spending this year. We, we dropped $700,000 in spending. So that's less than what, uh, Mauricio's pay cut was or about what Mauricio's pay cut was. So we, yeah, we're spending less money. We're not one of the big spenders in the league, but I think we're doing it in the right way and making some good choices and spending that money in the acquisitions and getting the players in here. So um, the salary doesn't mean everything. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Absolutely true. And and really appreciate you bringing this topic our way, Sam. And thank you so much for your support as a Platinum founder. We, we would not be still doing this show and, and having a website without folks like yourself. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for, uh, for supporting what we do. Oh, no, my pleasure guys. And Hey, if, if Michael ever needs a day off or David never needs a day off, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to come and talk Orlando city soccer. I can do it all day, every day. I can, I'm the type of guy that can, I can talk about it. I cannot write about it though. <laughs> <laughs> so have, you're not getting me on staff. Sorry. All right. Well, they got, they got type to text type or uh, talk to text. 
There my my mind is all over the place. They, they wouldn't know what it's thinking. <laughs> it would take too much. Michael would be like, yeah, I'm not going to edit this. I'm just not going to print it. So, Hey, to be fair, I'm like that with most of our staff. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Sam. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we will we'll love to have you on again sometime. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys, for having me. And we're back. And thanks once again to Sam Atkinson. Uh, he was uh, he was delightful. Absolutely delightful. And and he, uh, I got to meet him when I went down for the match uh, last week. Uh, he was delightful in person as well. And I think what I'm particularly happy about is uh, he did all the homework for us on the spreadsheet. That was outstanding. But I, yeah, it was a great topic. And we, you know, if you are a platinum founder, you have earned the right to come on and talk about something with us like Sam did tonight. So don't be afraid to reach out to us at the mainland at gmail.com. We would love to have you aboard. We've had uh, what we had Ryan Smith and now we've Mm -hmm. had Sam Atkinson. So we, we haven't had a lot of our platinum founders, uh, but it's nice to have some of them on. I know some of you guys are shy or you don't want to be on the podcast. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, We appreciate your support anyway, but come play with us. I mean, technically we've had three. Because I'm a platinum founder. That's true. That is true. So, so three. Uh, yeah, and Ben's <laughs> been on the show before as well. So, yes. <laughs> All right, OCB Dave hosting Atlanta United two, looking for a little revenge from the first meeting. And I, I thought to me that Young Lions really kind of played really well in this game, but just made a couple of really bad mistakes, and it cost them goals, and they fell behind two nil. And things just did not look good. Um, but then there's Jack Lynn. There is Jack Lynn. I don't know why Martin Perelman doesn't start this man. I don't I don't know what goes through Jack Lynn's head of, hey, I'd really like to play an MLS, but I'm an MLS next pro coming off the bench. But whatever, it didn't matter. He didn't complain. He went out and did his job, scored a goal, made it two to one. But then Atlanta should have made it three to one. Yeah, uh, a very bad tackle, a bad decision by Alex Freeman uh, in the box. Gave up a second penalty kick in the game. You never want to give a team one, let alone two. No, that's bad. Uh, but their guy missed the net, Dave, and that was a reprieve. Very lucky. Uh, it happens occasionally, and fortunately for OCB, it happened that night. What I liked about that is that. You know, Atlanta can go home and say, oh, we could have won the game regulation. We missed, missed the net. But you know what? I think Javier Otero had that covered. Right. Yeah. If it had actually been on frame. Yeah, I think you're right. He guessed correctly. I think he had that thing saved if it was if it was right. So, uh, but, you know, we never know what happens on the rebound. So we didn't have to find that out. So uh, it's still 2-1. Jack Lynn scores again. Because he's the mustache now. Do you, is it possible to win a golden boot when you're only playing like the last 25 minutes of a game? Uh, I think if uh, your your scoring boot is the one that uh, gets both goals and gets you a point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, so it's 2-2, and I honestly thought Orlando City B should have had a penalty. There was a tackle from behind where, yes, the guy got the ball, but he went through the back of the player to get it. And you gave the other team two, my man. What's mm-hmm. up with that? Ah, disappointing, but, um, you know, 
Jack Lynn. Couple shots go near the post, not quite in. It goes to, uh, it gets to the end of the game. It's 2 2. Everybody gets a point. Nobody's happy. Well, I mean, maybe OCB is a little happier because they were behind by two goals in the second right. half and still got that point. Go to the penalty shootout. Penalty shootouts in MLS Next Pro are now, Dave, uh, a time for stunting and a time for uh, trash talk, apparently. Well, you know, it, it is uh it is a rivalry, you know, B slash two match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go to they go to the pens and Jack Lynn made his pen, by the way. Yeah, he did. Unfortunately, you get the other team to not make one. You get Otero to make a stop, and then you've got you've got control of the shootout, but then you don't make your next pen. Yeah, that's uh, makes it tough. Goes through the five shooters. Everybody scored four, and then uh, Atlanta got was shooting first. They made their fifth, and then unfortunately for Orlando City B is their guy missed, and uh, so extra point for Atlanta. They get the extra one, so they get two, and Orlando City B gets only one, but they are still unbeaten at home this year. So there's that, and there's also. Um... You know, there's also two goals from Jack Lynn sporting that sweet mustache that he's got now. Yeah, and you uh, you can look around the club all you want, but you're not going to find another team unbeaten at home. No, you're not. So look at us finding the positives. Senior Lions are not unbeaten at home. Pride not unbeaten at home. But the Young Lions never come home. Well done. All right. Next up for them, they are going to enter Miami too. Mm-hmm. And that will be on Thursday. Yeah. A little, uh, flip flop from the senior team on the, uh, on the schedule there. Yep, we got a Thursday soccer, uh, special for, uh, for OCB. So, uh, we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. We will, we will actually be recording that night. Um, by the time we go off the air, we might we might actually be able to give the score, but we probably won't be able to break it down a whole lot. Um, no, that's okay. It happens. Uh, but yeah, anything else on OCB, Dave? No, no. I'm look so much better product this season than last. I I mm-hmm. really don't want to complain about stuff. No, let's not. Let's not. All right, uh, we've got a mailbag box. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I do love the mailbag box. You do. We're going to get yeah. to that in a moment, but first I want to mention to everybody, we have a very special event this Wednesday night, and that is for our subscribers. If you go to our buy me a coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland, or you just go to the mainland.com and click on our buy me the buy me a coffee, uh, you know, ad on the front page. It's the only ad on the front page, so it's not hard to find. Uh, it says the word advertisement. <laughs> right next <Yes>. to it <laughs> um you can you can click on that and go find out there's three levels of ways you can support us and become a member and maximize your mainland experience uh or your mainland podcast experience uh so we appreciate those of uh who have signed up already we've got three levels we've got homegrown player tam player and designated player and of course you get more the more you support the uh show and the site and all of our members, no matter what level, will be invited Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 
to a special virtual rewatch party. What we're going to do is we're going to hop on Zoom at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. We are going to rewatch the beauty of a game that was Orlando City's 3-1 victory over Inter-Miami. We're going to chat. We're going to have some fun uh, while we all watch the thing together. So we're going to jump on at 8. We'll like have a little countdown for everybody to start their Apple TV Plus uh, you know, rewatch of the game all at the same time. Obviously, it's going to be some people will be a second ahead and some people will be a second behind, but that's okay. It'll be, it'll be pretty close. And then we'll just kind of chat and, you know, have an adult beverage, whatever you want to do, but uh, we're going to hang. We're going to comment on the game. We're going to have a good time. And uh, this is our first virtual rewatch party. So if you join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland, uh, you can, uh, you can be a part of it. And we're excited. We're going to do a, a, hopefully do a bunch of these. We're, we're going to do them, uh, for the pride, we might be able to get into some games from last year that we enjoyed because oh, yeah. uh, Apple's got some really nice, uh, you know, nice archived you know, games in there as well. So, uh, and we might do maybe, um, maybe we'll do a, a Ted Lasso finale rewatch or something. Wow. That's only two weeks away. I know. Stop reminding me. I'm really sad wow. that there's only a couple episodes left. I know that's yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to get that out there. It it is not too late. We're going to send out the zoom link on Tuesday, which is the day this drops, which is the 23rd. But if you just, you can join up to like a half an hour before the the thing starts at eight o'clock. And, uh, if I see that you've joined us, I will send you that link and you will be able to join us. And that will be, uh, something that like just join for a month. If you like it, stay, if you don't think you're getting anything out of it, jump out, you know, no, you know, you tried. It's not going to be for everybody, but we think it will. We think that this will add value to to what we present. It will give you more value, and you'll be getting stuff that nobody gets elsewhere. Like you're not going to be able to get this this kind of stuff for uh, for reading our website or listening to our podcast. You're going to get more of all of that stuff and, and anything we can think of. Uh, if we get giveaway prizes, we'll give those away randomly to people that are our members. That kind of stuff. So. Uh, we are we are very excited about this program, and we hope you are too. Absolutely. All right. With that said, let's get to our mailbag box because Dave loves it, and we have we're really really stretching his patience at this point. So, a couple yeah. of ways you can uh, ask us anything at the Mainland Podcast doesn't have to be soccer related, but it sure can be. Uh, you can either email us at the mainland at gmail.com, hit us up on Twitter at the mainland. And uh, use the hashtag AskTMLPC or go to the Mainland Podcast page of the mainland.com and use the little uh, form. We had somebody do that this week, actually. Nice. Yeah. I like it when uh, they take advantage of that. All of the things. We've, we got them every single way this, <laughs> this time out. So I'm going to start with the emailers, as we normally do. And uh, I will, uh, I can actually find the tab that I put it in. There it is. <laughs> and, too many tabs uh, too many tabs yes i that is my my real downfall is uh you know if it were up to me and i needed to hit something to save the world i wouldn't be able to find the right tab quickly enough all right so we, our first question comes from uh joey michaud i think that's how it's pronounced uh he's got a couple questions the first thing he says is not a question per se just wanted to mention the immense all caps Satisfaction, Cara's performance in the outer Miami game gave me, considering the fairly large contingent of our fan base who seems to bash him every chance they get, good for him and good to see Ojeda get on the board. 
he wants to know our thoughts on Balogun's recent commitment to the U.S. men's national team and how that might impact the squad going forward, especially with a current coaching search and Nations League looming. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that I, I don't say very often. Mm-hmm. I agree with Alexi Lalas. <laughs> and what <laughs> specifically do you agree with? What Lalas said was, it's a good thing that he made the switch. It's a good thing that he's going to be on the U.S. men's national team. He's a quality player and all that, but he hasn't done anything yet. And that is just, that's just a statement of fact. Mm-hmm. So am I excited? For him, yes. Uh, was I excited for Daryl DK? Yeah, still am. Was I excited for uh, Pepe and everybody else? Josh Sargent. Yeah. Josh Sargent, uh, right. Ferreira. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're still waiting. Bobby Wood. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this is the one that will stick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, look, the proof is in the pudding. And look, he's scoring goals, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had his 20th uh, League One goal uh, over the weekend. So he, he's he's got the skills. I just need him to do it for the U.S. men's national team. It's kind of like, remember when Alex was scoring for the women's national team, but not for the pride? Yes. Okay, great. But I need you to score for the pride. Yeah. Okay, he's scoring for his League One team. Awesome. I need you to do it with the men's national team. Yeah, we need to Lumberg that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to go ahead and uh, do that for the men's national team. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Great. As far that'd as coaching. Yeah, that'd be great. As far as, uh, you know, Nations League coming up coaching search. Eh, look, they're going to they're gonna take as much time as they need on this, and that's fine. Uh I, Nations League is important, but it's not as important as getting the the right coaches uh, for the next World Cup. I agree on on Balogun. I, I'm I'm glad we got him, but uh, score buckets of goals, and then I'll be excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we we need to see how they fit together. It's all about fit. We 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 talked about this tonight. Uh, his other question: uh, Found myself scrolling through the Platinum Founders page of the mainland and noticed a Gary Harris among them which immediately made me think of Orlando Magic's very own Gary Harris. Coincidence? Answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. uh, it says, love the show and vamos Orlando. Uh, thank you for the questions, Joey. We have a question yep. uh, from Andrew DeSalvo. Tough weekend. Right. <laughs> Andrew DeSalvo writes, tough weekend for the poppy out crowd. Amazing how quiet it gets after a win. I know we have. Fans are fanatical. That's the definition, but we can't always go from one extreme to the other all season long. What is this U.S. politics? I digress. Uh, He says, I have a question about the numbering system. Soccer analysts and writers always talk about no matter what formation a team is in. There's generally always talk about a six, an eight, and a nine, and some player who is in that role. I do also occasionally hear about the 10, and of course, the goalkeeper is the one, but I've never once heard anyone talk about the two, three, four, five, seven, and 11. Why are some positions referred to by numbers and others by words like central defender or midfielder or wing? And what happens when a team plays two forwards like in a 4-4-2? Are there then two number nines? Please speak for every analyst and writer who has ever used this terminology and explain it all to me like Clarissa. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, the reason that not all positions are referred to by their numbers is because most of the ones that are are typically um, guys who have the ball more, so or score goals. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, you, you hear about a six because he's the destroyer. He's the defending holding midfielder. You hear about an eight because that's your, you know, your box to box guy. That's, that's your Roy Kent. Okay. Um, you hear about nine because that's your striker. You hear about a 10 because that's your playmaker. You know, these are the guys that you hear about because they're either on the ball or the scoring goals. You don't hear that the uh, right fullback is the number two because it's the right fullback. And and that's, that's why um, we were talking before. And, and the only, you know, mention I can remember for a number four is Virgil van Dyke's uh, song at Liverpool mentions that he's our number four. That's it. That's literally the only time I can remember anybody else doing anything like that. Yeah. I think for me, my, my own personal opinion on this is that because of shape changes, it's sometimes it's not always apparent where the 10 is, where the eight is, where the six is, where the nine is. Uh, So you call them that. Uh, But it's always apparent where the number two is. That's your right back where the number three is that's your left back. Um, Your center backs are pretty apparent and your wingers are pretty apparent. So I think, uh, I think it probably evolved from that. That would be my guess. And, and in fact, I'm not going to call it a guess. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, look, uh, prove me wrong. Well, we are evidently speaking. We are (laughs) evidently speaking for every, uh, TV (laughs) and broadcast commentator in history. So, right. Yeah. Uh, But no, that's, I mean, (laughs) that that's what they are. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for the question. That's great. We, we do get these questions periodically about the numbering and, and, uh, and then I always have to go refamiliarize myself with some of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we use them all the time, but once again, yeah. we use the ones that I mentioned, not yeah, the other ones. Exactly. Uh, our good friend of the pod, David Victor has written to us. Oh my and, gosh, David Victor. I feel like we haven't heard from him in forever. Oh, I know it's, that's because uh, David Victor brings the joy. So any moments away from David Victor seems like a lifetime. It does. Says hello, Michael and Dave. Which movie franchise do you most think should have stopped making movies while they were ahead? The Fast and the Furious, Indiana Jones, Terminator, Rambo, Rocky, something else not mentioned. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Uh, well, you know, the, the obvious answer would be Fast and Furious. However, I am going to actually go with one of his other suggestions, and that's Indiana Jones. Um, I think after uh, the the one where they ride off into the sunset with him and Henry Jones Sr., that should have done it. Should have never been the Crystal Skulls. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to watch Dial of Destiny because <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with that. If it, it would have been a perfect trilogy if they had just left it as it was. I am going to go with a tie in the horror genre. Uh, between the Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Okay. I All think right. that they they were scary and fun for the first couple, and then they just got stupid. There was some definite jumping the shark, uh, <laughs> like when they went into space in, in uh, Friday the 13th in space or whatever. So, yeah. And uh, speaking of jumping the shark, maybe Sharknado 3 and beyond didn't need to happen. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to disagree with you there because I think those movies know exactly what they are. They do. They do. But I love two so much. I didn't need to. I didn't need a three. Okay. Um, that's fair. I think that they got a little bit self-referential. <laughs> uh, thank you, David Victor. Uh, Matthew Waldschmidt also wrote to us and says, as an Orlando City fan from Wisconsin, I think Dave's going to like this question. Uh, I have two related questions. Number one, your favorite Chris Mueller memory. And number two, 
your favorite beer from Wisconsin. So this uh, this is because Matthew is a uh, Wisconsin Madison alum. He wants first of all your favorite Chris Mueller memory. Oh gosh, um, it's got to be the that the when he scored the goal and he and he did the money symbol because uh, <laughs> that's then then everything flowed from that all the money badger and everything else that we did. I mean, I still have the money badger T shirt. So uh, for me, it's got to be that's got to be it. Yeah. And you know what? My favorite memory of him, I, I am struggling to remember what game it was in, but he hit like a perfect free kick goal. Oh, and yeah. that was that. I don't remember the, I, I remember, I'm pretty sure Orlando city won that game, uh, but he had a free kick goal that was just outstanding. And that was probably the one that for me stands out the most, but basically his whole 2020 season, uh, was my favorite Chris Mueller memory, including <laughs> including that incredible performance for the U.S. men's national team. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, he had a heck of it. That was, a, and didn't he get uh, engaged or married that year too? Yeah, it was the year of the Mueller. It's yes, all been was... downhill since then. <laughs> Poor guy, that was yeah. a great year for him. It really was. He peaked. He peaked too soon. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dave. Uh, beers from Wisconsin. I will admit that I don't know a lot of the beers other than the, the macros. I don't know a lot of the beers from Wisconsin, but one that this time of year, I really enjoy as the, the weather gets hot. Love me a lemon shandy from the, uh, from line and Kugels. Yeah. I, so I'm not a big shandy guy, but I am also going with line and Kugels. And, um, I did actually have, uh, some line and Kugels in Wisconsin, uh, nice. my, when, uh, when I was still married to my ex-wife, her, her dad lived up there at the time I went up to visit. And so I, I got to have, uh, some of it in the state where it's made mm-hmm. and very good. The, uh, the Lion Kugel's original was very good and their dark lager was good. And the, um, the Amber, I can't remember what it's called, but the Amber was good. There is a, uh, this is the one item that we don't mind a little homework. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not at all. I was looking up Wisconsin beers and there's one I would really like to try from central waters brewing company called salted maple stout. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. Decadent. Yes, it does sound decadent. Uh, but yeah, I, this is great. I am now going to be a sampler of, uh, of Wisconsin beers because of this uh, question. Nice. I, you know, I just wish I could get any of the line and Googles other than the shandies down here. Yeah. There's been a couple of the different flavored shandies, but you don't but see much, much other than that down here. And then, you know, I, I, I'm not a big shandy guy, but like when it's hot out, oh man, a cold shandy, you know, just one or two, I'm not going to drink like six of them, but yeah, no, uh, but I, I, they go down so, so well. Yeah, that's, that's true. But yeah, I, I just would like the opportunity to have something other than the shandies from Lining Kugels because yeah. they make good beers. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you for the questions. That's everything from the Gmail that I got. And the, of course, the form that uh, is from the, uh, from the website goes to the Gmail. So that's everything I got from Gmail. What do we got in the Twitters, Dave? Well, we've got a couple from a longtime friend of the pod, listener, and contributor to the mainland, Ryan Smith. Uh, Ryan says, if you had to describe some Orlando City key players' style and attributes to a soccer fan who has never seen them play before, what are some comparisons to legendary players that you would make? 
Hmm. I don't think I would compare any of them to a legendary player. That's, that's no, I mean, I could do to. some descriptions, but I don't know. How I do a legendary. Yeah, player. that's I mean, that's a lot to live up to. I mean, I guess you could. This is current team. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to say we we had a player that was a legend. Kaka. Yep. And, and you could probably count Nani because Nani's won like basically every trophy in Europe. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't like to do that. I like to compare, uh, you know, different. I, first of all. If they're a legendary player, uh, they only played in MLS at the end of their career. <laughs> right. So I think it's it's probably an unfair comparison. And I know that's not the spirit of of uh, Ryan's question. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's I don't I think that our guys look unique to me. I don't I don't see any similarities to the to the all time greats. I mean, do you? No, I mean, at, at best, any of them would be a the absolute poor man's version of one of those. Yeah, and I yeah. don't, I don't want to do that. So, but what I will say is if I was describing them, I mean, I would certainly describe say urgent car as a prototypical number nine, mm-hmm. big guy in the box, needs some service, that type of thing. Um, I would describe, um, Cesar Araujo as a, as a good, you know, number six, you know, is, able to uh to mess with the other players heads he's you know gets a lot of a lot of a player without getting as many fouls as maybe he should that type of thing you know so there's there's things like that that i would i would describe and of course i've always said that you know kyle smith is the you know he's the uh swiss army knife although now we also have dagger dan doing that same type of thing Mm -hmm. yeah the icelandic army knife yes talked about that before uh all right what else we got in the twitters we got one more from Ryan as well, and that is uh, speaking of Arahu. Uh, he is a poor man's. Oh, so now he makes that reference. A poor man's Roy Keane that loves to get stuck in strong, but flails like Neymar anytime someone comes close to him when he's on the ball. Mm, I think a Neymar flopping. I think of Juan. Yeah. And the and the twenty rolls, yeah, the twenty barrel rolls, the arm shake to mm-hmm. show you, oh, how much agony I'm in. I'm in so much pain that I have to, I have to wave my arm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that I I agree because and I've mentioned on the podcast before that uh, Cesar is is going down a little bit too easy lately and looking for the foul rather than um, mm-hmm. you know just trying to get back up and get back on defense. But that actually reminds me more of Orlando City's uh, Nani, who used to do that a lot. And mm-hmm. but of course, Nani was Nani, so he was more likely to get those calls. I love Cesar, but you're not necessarily going to get those calls, especially if you continue to do it as much as you are. Dial it back by to to one third, and then you'll start getting some of those calls. I wonder with Nani if it was like if the if the origin of that was the. Portuguese national team because they had a bunch of guys that did that when he was playing. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was a, it was that's just their their methodology is like use use every dark art I guess. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I I see what he's saying. I see what he's saying. And I, and I would maybe. Maybe if I was making a comparison, and you can argue with me if you think this is a player that's not a legend, but I would say maybe Urchankara reminds me somewhat of Ed and Jekko. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that the way that he plays. 
Yeah. All right. I can see that. Okay. But like, just like he did said, you know, Araujo is a poor man's Roy Keane. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, well, Pereira is a poor man's messy. Well, of course he is. Cause nobody's messy. He's, he's, he's a homeless man's messy. Come on. He never shoots the ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. That's what my, my point being is that these comparisons are not, I don't think that they would be, I don't think they serve a good purpose. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I, it wasn't, it wasn't us trying to, you know, downplay your question. It was just that, how do you answer that? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. At least he didn't give us any homework. And that is a very big thing. Uh, is that everything? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, once again, you can ask us anything at the mainland podcast, email us at the mainland at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag ask TMLPC or fill out the form on the mainland podcast page at the mainland.com. Any of those will do. If we don't read your question, it's because it got lost somewhere. Maybe it went to our spam. Really apologize, but we, we do make an effort and uh, we had a lot of, a lot of mail this week. So thanks to everybody who uh, mm -hmm. made up for some of those weeks where we didn't get anything. That's right. Yeah, we appreciate it. Let's spread it out a little bit. Another thing we love to do is love to read your five-star reviews from Apple Podcasts on the air. If you, uh, if you listen, wherever you listen to this podcast, rate and review us. It helps us with the algorithms. We've talked about that earlier as well. And uh, it helps us be seen. It helps us find people like Sam Atkinson or helps Sam Atkinson find us. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we love the algorithm. We're sucking up to the algorithm right now. And uh, we ask that you rate and review us, subscribe and download the show. And uh, if you do the, uh, the review and the rating on Apple podcast, and it's a five star, we'll read it. We love to read it. And I'm going to love to read one right now, Dave. <gasps> what? This one came in on Friday and the title is second review question mark. And it is from Orlando city guys, son. Aha. <laughs> the review is as follows. If you don't use your wife and kids phones to give another review to the mainland pod, then what kind of supporter are you? Orlando city guy here with another five stars. I like the dedication. That's outstanding. He, you know what? That's somebody who listens to what we say. It is. It is. We, uh, we are extremely happy with that. Uh, we are not above gaming the system. Now nah, the system's already gamed. We might as well play the game. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what queen told us to do. Play the game. Yeah. Everybody play the game. All right. Uh, that's it for, uh, all the stuff that we have planned to talk about. On this particular episode, Dave, we're going to come back and have another episode this week. Mm -hmm. And we will, of course, be getting ready for Atlanta United. Is it possible that this Orlando City team could put together back-to-back -to -back wins for the first time this year? And against rivals. Yes, Ooh. against the, both of the most hated rivals. And uh, it would be great. And we will be back to preview that. We will most likely have a special guest and uh, we're going to uh, see you next time. So uh, read our stuff at the mainland.com. Follow Dave on Twitter at mainland. Dave, follow me at mainland, Michael and follow the mainland at the mainland. If you are also a fan of the Orlando pride, follow at scope soccer. I do like us on Facebook. I think that's everything. Uh, rate review, subscribe, 
all the things and we would appreciate it. Get your questions in for the end of the week show as well. Uh, we had a pretty, pretty robust mailbox this week or on this episode. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're out of questions for us. I'm certain. And surely there are others who have questions. There are, and don't call me Shirley. Fair enough. All right. That's it for us. We'll be back before the end of the week. Only thing left for us to do is to say, go city. <laughs>